Welcome to the midweek edition of the Progress with Unity podcast. And I'm joined by, as usual, Paul and Adam. How are we doing after last night's fantastic result? Doing fine. Good evening. Absolutely top of the world. One game away from Wembley. Let's have a bit of pizza reaction. Wigan Athletic 1, Arsenal under 21s, nil. The goal scored by former St John Fisher High School pupil, Davin Baningame, my old school. What superstars that school produces. Good game. I thought Arsenal looked quite decent. I enjoyed it. I thought they were superb side Arsenal, to be honest. Credit for our lads for hanging in there. And we'll talk about our defence centre-backs in particular later, but... I thought they were a superb side. They were strong. They they were very intricate in the passing. Good movement. All good on the ball. The two centre-backs generally for them were very good. Made some good interceptions. They could dominate a game. But that said, it shows how well we defended overall because Jamie Jones, a couple of saves really, I think he made. One of them exceptional. You know, there are games where you have to defend and we've shown that our second line of defence, if you like, not our first choice defence, can do it against excellent players. And I'm sure the Arsenal team will produce some first team players. Two surprises last night before kickoff. The first surprise for me was the fact that uh, the kickoff was delayed due to the number of people trying to gain entry into the ground. So for a pizza game, I thought that was quite outstanding. And the other sort of surprise was Kel Watts was on the bench and then he weren't on the bench. Max Power weren't even in the squad. And then he started the game. And he lasted the, the whole of eight minutes when he picked up this mysterious little knock that forced him yeah, off. Yeah, and, and, and the guy that was taken out of the first team to allow Power to play then came on. So it was like all very strange and curious. But, yeah, but I, think we, I think it, we got to the bottom of it, didn't we? I think there might have been a little oversight when the team was first submitted. And, yes. Uh, <laughs> And luckily, Max Power was on hand, as he always is. I think he lives and sleeps at that ground because he always <laughs> seems to be there at these games, doesn't he? Yeah, they must have just got him out of his sleeping bag and uh, he just appeared on the bench. Let's just say, I don't think on this occasion he got many nominations for Man of the Match. He had two. <laughs> he had two. Yeah, I, th- I thought when the team was read out, I was looking at the number of players that were, and obviously it helps that they read them out in numerical order rather than back to front. So you got all the um, all the players with the lower squad numbers first. I thought actually this, whilst this is a, a team that facilitates the resting of some other players, let's say there was still a lot of quality in there that you would would not look out of place playing on a Saturday. But what I was slightly worried was that a lot of the inexperience was across the back line. Yeah, I thought we might struggle there, but we didn't, did we? Can I just come in on that juncture because uh, there's been someone's put all these tweets together. This was before the game. I love the optimism of some of our fans. So I'll just read. I won't put names to them, but Wembley trip gone. Wembley dream is over and out. Geez, can I get a refund? Terrible that. Good try. What's the real team? If you saw them out and about, you'd think it was a school trip and Jones was the teacher. That's just a selection of views from some of our fans before the game. First of all, very disrespectful of young players who essentially the young players that kept this club going last season, the young players who have performed admirably within this competition this year. Secondly, I wouldn't have Jamie Jones as a teacher, but as a very good experienced goalkeeper. And thirdly, it's Liam Richardson picking the team 
He's shown respect for the competition throughout. Hence the reason we've been on our best run in this competition since 1999. So he's shown respect for the competition. We should respect him in, in his in his team uh, lineups and not be overly pessimistic. Yes, it was going to be a tough game against Arsenal's 21s, but ultimately he put a team on the pitch that he thought could get a result, get let get some minutes into the legs of some more experienced players, and obviously in terms of our young players, give them that absolutely crucial experience that will, they will need in the future. So let's not be overly pessimistic. Let's trust in the greatest manager the world has ever seen. Was it ever going to be anything any different? Because the priority is promotion. And we've got an horrendous backlog of fixtures that we have to cope with. We've already got players ice injured, players struggling with small knocks. He's going to shuffle. He's going to rest players. And like I said, he he did have players in there who... Robinson, Long, Bayless, Pierce, who, who have all played a number of Bennett. games. Bennett, I mean, he's a, a former Premier League defender, isn't he? And Jones, they've all played numerous games for Atlantic, like I said, last season and even some this season. We all want to go to Wembley and we want to win every game and we want to play our strongest team week in, week out. But if we do that, we won't get to Wembley and we won't win every game because it's not going to happen because they'll pick injuries up I mean, Tom Pierce went down last night, then he turned his ankle. And that just shows there was a couple of others going down with knocks and bruises. Callum Wang's out with a strain. This is what happens with intensity that you put in week in, week out. So full credit to Liam Richardson for 100% getting it right. He put a team out and we won 1-0 and we're in the next round which is the semi-final. Yeah, if it had put a team out and we'd have lost 1-0, you'd have, you'd have said there's you know the minutes in legs, plus there's no more games. From the perspective of the club, that would have been right as well. Yeah, I think we're dwelling on the negatives here. Really, we should be pushing the positives because there was a lot of positives that came out of last night. Even though Arsenal dominated dominated possession and they, had, they dominated attempts on target, what were the positives? Well, for me, the back three of Long, Hughes and Cara. I thought they were absolutely magnificent. Charlie Hughes, who we know is a, a friend of the family, <laughs> he's come back from being out injured. It's only his second game since his injury. It was magnificent. Stood up tall. You think he's only just turned 18 as well. So he's only a kid. He played alongside uh, Adam Long, who's got a few games under his belt. But James Carragher, who again, as He's only got what how many appearances this season? He's played in the a couple of the uh, Pizza Trophy games, has I think that's it. Yeah, think that's he's all. also had a bad injury. He's also come back and also bad, come back. Yeah, so that was only his second game back. So with that that in in in, uh, in mind, I thought I thought they were fantastic. That them three there, absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And, and yeah. also as well in a positive, you know, the way we set up, when you defend that well, and if you can get the right ball, like we, we did have, maybe not where the, the keepers had to make the saves, but we certainly had the moments where, you know, we broke well. You know, I thought Asgard as an attacking player last night was our number one player, although Chris C played really well as well. But Asgard just oozes class. It just wasn't that sort of game that he got on the ball loads yesterday because we were defending a lot. But... When we did go forward, we looked dangerous. We had some really good moments. And as I said earlier, their centre-backs did a couple of really good interceptions. Otherwise, we could have had tappings. So despite the fact they had all the play and seemingly all the chances, we certainly had 
a lot of good moments in, in that game. Very clever play. It shows that we can play a, a number of ways, not just in the first team, but also in the, the players who are waiting in the wings. We have that versatility to play in different ways. Tom Peace's injury, I mean, he went down, then he carried on, then he went down again later on, didn't he? Yeah. Have we got enough cover at left-back in case he is out for a, a week or two? Or... Yeah. There was three of them on yesterday, weren't there? And, and we've got Derikwa as well we, you know, we know he can do a job it wouldn't be a priority for me looking at the left back position at all you know so I think it's a shame because I actually thought two or three games he's had now he's got back to his best uh, I thought I thought he played really well I think there was one game where I think I said he was a contender for man of the match I can't remember if it was Doncaster maybe I can't remember off the top of my head. But anyway, there was a game where I thought he was superb um, and back to his best like it was last season when, to be fair, last season, you know, a lot of times he was the experienced head, which is unbelievable. He's only 23, isn't he? And he, he was the he was the experienced head of the team at certain points last season. So it, let's hope it's not a serious one. It's just uh, a little niggle. As the game went on, it looked all the while that we're going into uh, penalties. I mean, they had, like I said before, plenty of possession, but just couldn't find any clear-cut chances. And when they did have a strike at goal, Jonesy was in tip-top form. He, he pulled out three cracking saves. And Davine Buningame was introduced. What a little live wire he was when he came <laughs> on. Just before he scored, he, had, uh, he broke but stood on the ball and lost control of it and, and they managed to clear. But within two minutes, he, he danced his way through, passed two... Centre-Arzu had been excellent for, for Arsenal up until that point, but he, he lost them both and he finished finished in good style. Right. Starts 40% possession, so Arsenal had the majority of the ball. Five shots, two on target. Arsenal had 17 with four on target. Fouls, which surprised me. We committed 10 fouls to Arsenal's 11. It didn't feel like that during the game with Mr Ben Toner. He seemed to be giving Arsenal everything. But we did pick up two yellow cards. Chris C for being tripped up in the box and should have been awarded a penalty and their player should have seen red. Uh, and somehow he received a yellow card for that. And uh, James Carragher picked up a yellow card as well. Uh, the attendance was a fantastic 3,647. And I say fantastic because uh, this competition is not renowned at all for anything above... 1500, is it? Never mind, above three, three and a half thousand. So, brilliant stuff. How many uh, did you get the figure for the away fans there? Yeah, four, 14, 14. The man of the match, as voted for by the listeners, the Progress with Unity podcast listeners on both Twitter and Facebook, by a country mile, if I'm being honest, was James Carragher. Big shout out for Charlie Hughes, who got quite a healthy uh, amount of votes. And Jamie Jones as well. But James Carragher, congratulations on for being named Man of the Match. It's first it's ever. It is. It's his first ever Progress with Unity one. Right, the teams left in the competition. Harrogate let us down, didn't they, for an all-Northern semi-final. Yeah. So the teams are Rotherham, Hartlepool, Sutton and us. I won't fancy Hartlepool away. I mean, if they seem to be the giant killers in a way, don't they? They've, they've knocked Blackpool out of the FA Cup. They've, I know they've not Bolton and Charlton out of this competition. So I'm sure as well they did somebody else. Like I'm sure they did do one at Sunderland or Sheffield Wednesday, but maybe that's maybe that's wrong. But they've, they've definitely been the giant killers this year. I mean, we're clearly the favourites, aren't we? It'll just see what the draw brings. If the draws count to us, 
we'll be looking at uh, Sutton at home and Hartlepool in the final, won't we? That is, that is yeah. just down to the ground. And have we got a date for the? Yeah, we've got a date for that semi-final, Barry. Uh, no, no, no. Right, we're moving on. Saturday, we're travelling down to uh, Charlton, where we've sold out our allocation, which is again shows Super. just how how well supported on the road we are. Before we get into it. Adam, have you been speaking to Cheltenham director and friend of the Elastics, Murray Toms? Yes, I have. He's provided an excellent uh, preview of the game from the Cheltenham perspective. And again, I know we say this every time, thank you very much for all your help during the administration. That's all. Let's have a listen to what Murray says. Are we happy about the season so far? You have to say yes. Our highest ever league finish in 2008 was... Uh, to finish 17th in League One, that's that's as, as high as we've ever been. And we go into this weekend's match in 17th place. So we've been in mid-table most of the season and feeling pretty good about ourselves. But uh, we're not complacent by any means. And we're only four points above the bottom four at the moment. And we know it's going to go down to the wire. So we've got work to do. We haven't won in two months, which is really sort of frustrating. We had a disappointing December. And we've had a frustrating January because we've done enough to win games. The performances have been there. We just we just haven't had a, a break on the pitch to convert those performances into points. So there's been some really good times and some, some really sort of disappointing times. It's a mixed bag overall. You have to be happy with, with where we are. I'd say our high and low of the season both come against... Charlton Athletic, we went there earlier in the season and and absolutely thrashed them, quite frankly. 2-1, it was a very impressive display and it really reinforced the progress that's been made under Michael Duff that we could go to somewhere like the Valley and play so impressively and come away with a win. Conversely, we recently played Charlton a couple of weeks ago, played equally well. They really didn't create anything. We created chance after chance, but we didn't convert it. And we carried a 1-0 lead into the 95th minute and the uh, inevitable happened that they they snatched a scrappy, ugly equaliser, which which really stung, to be quite honest. It, it really felt like a, a, a sort of really disappointing defeat. So four points against Charlton over the season. Again, we we would have taken that at the start of the season, but we, you know we 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 should that should have been a double, and we've got to quite quickly stop conceding these silly goals, which are costing us points, valuable points. Because as I said, I think I think it's going to be tight come the end of the season. If I had to pick a player of the season right now, I think that would be difficult. Uh, we've played really really well as a team. That's uh, Michael Duff has, has has got us playing uh, collectively well. For a number of years now, there, there have been some standouts. Sean Long stepped in as captain when Will Boyle was injured in defence, and um, he's he hasn't missed a game this season until he was taken off injured on Saturday at Rotherham. But but certainly he would be a contender, uh, Mister Consistency in midfield. You could probably point to Callum Wright, who we've got on loan from. Leicester City. I'm not sure he played at Wigan in the reverse fixture, but but he really is a fantastic player that really makes us tick in midfield. Weighs in with goals, and uh, and has a has a bright future. So he he certainly would be the choice of many sort of fans at the moment. And Alfie May, who who really has played extremely well this season and earned a new contract last week. 
despite interest from from overseas, I think there was some uh, interest from the, the 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 team in San Diego, whose name uh, escapes me. But anyway, I think his performances have been fantastic. He's been a real bundle of energy. He's he's been clinical in front of goal. As he said himself last week, he's become a bit of a leader uh, in this team, which is sort of his average age is reduced after a busy January window. Yeah, Sean Long, Callum Wright, or Alfie May, I think those those would uh, those would make good player of the seasons at the halfway point. Who do I think will go up or down? Well, that's a very good question. One thing I hope is that we don't get relegated, but it is going to go down to the wire. That's for sure. There's a lot of clubs bunching bunching up there. Um, you've got Gillingham at the bottom. We've played them four times already this season. Both cups. One was a replay, and, and in the league, so. Um, and and they really have not impressed me. They were chaotic and disorganised. And but Steve Evans has now left, so maybe there'll be some more stability there. Doncaster equally weren't very good, but they beat us. I'd say those two probably have gone. Crew have given themselves a chance, but maybe they'll come up short. So I, I'll, I'll pick them to go down. And in terms of the fourth place, if if I don't put ourselves in there, I would say. I would say Fleetwood. I don't think they were particularly good. So my four to go down would be Fleetwood, Crew, Doncaster and Gillingham. At the top, the best team I have seen this year, and I'm not just saying it, has been Wigan. We didn't give ourselves a, a very good account of ourselves at the DW. But I do think uh, I do think Wigan will, will go on and win the league, and, and I sincerely hope that's the case. After everything you went through last year, I think there's a, you know, there's a sense of real camaraderie and sort of a new lease of life seems to have sort of returned to the DW Stadium. It's really pleasing to see. Fingers crossed. You're on the open top bus at the end of the end of the season. Um, Sunderland, uh, I'm not a big fan of Lee Johnson. I don't think he's the right man to, to get the job done for Sunderland. At some point, their sort of resources will, will pay off. We play them shortly after we play you. And that would be the sort of game I would sort of somehow we we would probably win, despite them thrashing us five nil up there again a week after we played you. So I'm going to predict them to sort of drop into the uh, the playoffs perhaps and come up short again. So I'm going to put Rotherham and Wickham up there because I I think they're both they're both looking very good this year. Um, they've comfortably beaten us, and I think the top three, the the three to go up, will be Wigan, Wickham, and Rotherham. It's been a very, very busy January for, for the club. Michael Duff and Mickey Moore, our director of football, have have been extremely busy and, and probably surprised a few by, by bringing seven in and seven um, and moving seven out. So we've lost Carl Vassell at front. Uh, we lost Carl Joseph too. He was recalled by Swansea after a, a, a really impressive four or five months at the club on loan. Dan Crowley, he's now gone. Christian Norton's gone back to Stoke. Tyler Perry has returned to Wolves and Chris Hussey moved to Port Vale for a five-figure fee just after Christmas rather. He was a real fan's favourite, a real, you know, he'll go down as one of the sort of best players we, we've probably ever seen at the club, but he moved to Port Vale uh, to join their promotion push. So in came seven. Uh, we got Ben Williams who came in. He's come in at, to, to sort of uh, as the Chris Hussey replacement, if you like. He's came in from Barnsley, up front, we've got Dan Nillandooley, who's a, who looks a real handful. He's really impressed. He's, he's like the, the the crowd of quite warm to him. He, he he is a he's a threat up front. He's come in from Southampton. 
We've got Charlie Brown, Etete from Spurs, Colkett, the former Chelsea prospect who's come in from, from Norway. Um, we've got Reese Hutchinson who, who come in from MK Dons. Uh, and Aaron Ramsey, uh, brother of Jacob, who, who's meant to be a real prospect from from Aston Villa. So we've got them in, and uh, yeah, that's that's a lot of names to try and remember. That I had to write them down so that I could uh, <laughs> so I could remember them all. Like the reverse fixture, I'm really looking forward to Saturday. I'm aware that there's a uh, a coach with several supporters coming down for a couple of nights and I'm looking forward to seeing everybody and, and like uh, having a drink and, and catching up about the season probably a little bit more eloquently than I do on this podcast. As for the resu- as for the match, I'm hoping we give a better account of ourselves this time round. Um, you, sh- you should have won perhaps by more than two on the day up there. The last few games, I've seen a pattern of us taking the lead and then conceding a silly goal to uh, throw away all the points. I'm going to be extremely optimistic and, and, and hope for a, a one-all draw. But just as I did a few months ago, I, I suspect that that Wigan might continue their winning ways. Like, fingers crossed, we'll beat Sunderland for you uh, 10 days after Saturday's match. I'll see you Saturday. Oh, very good. He's not too confident about his chances of beating us. He's gone for a one-all draw. Very diplomatic. They've made seven new signs as well as getting rid of seven seven players. And Alfie May signed a new contract, which I saw last week. Anyway, I saw he'd signed that last week. One thing I found surprising was the, I've forgotten his name now, but the player that he was referring to, he'd been one of the better players, has gone to Port Vale, mm. a league below, which which is surprising, isn't it, really? But he's obviously a very good, talented manager, you know, and he's uh, they've got a very good chance of staying up. And with their budget, you know, that, that would be a fantastic achievement if they, if, if they could do that. And fair play to him as well. He said that we are going to win the league. And he's a, he's a very good judge, Mary. And he's his uh, Sunderland, uh, the wheels yeah. have come off Sunderland again. Yeah, I was just about to say that's that's that not ball. exactly a novel uh, prediction, is it? That Sunderland will fall apart. I've got to echo what Adam said in the thanks for everything he did, haven't you? So we'll have a ref watch for the uh, visit to Cheltenham. The referee will be Paul Howard, who's from London. And this is Paul Howard's second season in the Football League, following two seasons in the National League. And that's because he's one of the EFL's new wave of young refs being fast-tracked through the leagues. He took charge of two Latics games last season, the home defeat to Oxford and the away draw at AFC Wimbledon. He's refereed Cheltenham already this season, their 1-0 home win over Oxford in September. His card watch for the season is 21 games, 71 yellows, 4 reds, and he's awarded 5 penalties. And that is Paul Howard, who will be your referee on Saturday. And now let's get some uh, previous. Uh, only played them three times. We've won two of those and we've drawn one. We've yet to concede a goal. Beat them 2-0 at their place on the opening day of the 2-2 2003 season. We drew 0-0 at that season at the JJB. And we beat them at the DW 2-0 this season. We won away. That game we won away was uh, Andy Liddell and Lee McCulloch, two Latix legends, scored on that particular day. Current Cheltenham manager Michael Duff played in the two games during that 2002-03 season. Cheltenham Town are currently 18th with 31 points from 27 games. The recent form isn't great. Uh, Lost, drawn, 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 lost in the last five. 
The last win was not uh, was on the 23rd of November away at the Jills. And they've gone nine league games and one FA Cup game without victory. However, if you remember, Murray said that they were unfortunately uh, subject to a last-minute equaliser from Charlton. So they are getting near to winning matches, but they are due one. Let's hope that they're not going to get that one on Saturday. Over to Barry for the predictions. They played Rotherham last week, didn't they? They suffered just a one, a narrow one 0 defeat, and and they had a bit of a mix up in defence, which, which seemed to give them the goal. They got us this week, and then I think the next game is is Sunderland. So three tough games for them. Uh, but in Alfie May, they've got a goal scorer who, who can score goals. Ten goals already this season. I don't see us slipping up, to be honest. I think they'll score. We've got this habit of conceding, so I'm going to go for Cheltenham one, Wigan Athletic. Three. Well, I think I will analyse the game in they are struggling a little bit. We're going well. We've been brilliant away from home. It's about time we had a clean sheet. It's about time we had a game where with 20, 25 minutes to go, it was pretty much done and you were just going through the motions. So I'm going to go Cheltenham nil, Latix three. Oh, Paul, controversial. He's not gone through both teams to score. Quickly on the team news. I think, uh, welcome back, Curtis Tilt for the fourth time. And I think he'll be straight back into the side. You know, I think he brings that experience which you need in these away games. And actually, I think that run, I thought it might come to an end in this particular game. I'm actually going to go Cheltenham Town nil, Wigan Athletic 3. Very confident there. If we have a look at the fixtures for Saturday, there's some interesting ones. Atkinson Stanley play Morecambe. AFC Wimbledon are at home to Shrewsbury. Bolton Wanderers will face Sunderland. We're at Cheltenham. Crewe and Rotherham United. Doncaster Rovers, Plymouth Argyle. Fleetwood Town, Cambridge. Gillingham, Oxford. Lincoln, Burton. Sheffield Wednesday, Ipswich Town. And Wickham Wanderers, MK Dons, which is a big game up at the top end in the playoff positions. So some interesting fixtures there for the weekend. One quick final thought. I'm not going to go into detail today. I might do this on Sunday, but we were working out last night that if Wigan Athletic win one more cup match this season, then in terms of number of games played, it will be a record since entering the Football League. The previous record, we believe, was under Uwe Rossler, the European season of 2013-14. So the listeners have got time to think about that and they can uh, fact-check it just to double-check it's not fake news because I was working it out while trying to watch the game at the same time and losing my keys again I'm talking to me and Paul yeah exactly exactly so uh, definitely worth looking into that because that's just showing how we do need to re- rotate our squad if it's a record season well we'll be back on Sunday to uh, have a recap and all the reaction on the Chapman game we'll be looking forward to Oxford United as February beckons so 1st of February the DW under the lights once again on this Tuesday evening never the best time for us but Let's hope we can put that yeah. run to bed as well. It's a good night from me. Good night from us. Up the ticks. Wembley Boyne, come on. Come on.